movimiento. Hey everyone, this is Diamond Rivera of the Live Discussions with Diamond podcast, coming to you live from New York City. And what you just saw was a performance by Sentimiento Dance Company from the Baltimore area. Before we get started, this episode is sponsored by TubaChataRadio.com, where you can listen to this interview live in high quality. And tonight, people, we have a really special guest. But before we introduce this individual, I want to let you know a little backstory. Uh, this was about 2018, 2019, maybe even 2017. Uh, going to DC, had a film that I was presenting. And this gentleman here I met, uh, it was actually on my road to getting into the army, actually, and talking with him backstage and realizing he was a drill sergeant, which was something I was going to endure for the next five to six months of my military start. And ever since then, I've always kept in touch with him and seeing how much of a, an amazing family man he is, an amazing dancer, but then realizing years later he would make his journey all the way to New York City to train with the amazing Yamalay Dance Company. Everyone, today we have the amazing Brandon Bakshata. What is that? <laughs> was good, my brother. Uh, honestly, yeah, you know, I had to give you that introduction. Uh, man, you honestly have inspired me for many years, and I'm glad I have a platform that allows people like you on to really share your story. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. I mean, for me as well, realizing we're both as well in the military and realizing how many people actually former military and current are actually involved within our dance community. I mean, it's amazing yeah, how many it's people I've met. Lot, it's a lot. It's a whole lot. Like I said, <laughs> you, you, you see it everywhere you see popping up like, oh, man, I've seen people even going over, um, you know, different missions. And I've, I've run into somebody like, oh, snap, like, yeah, I've seen you somewhere like. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be dancing with this. And I'm like, oh, man, like, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing because as we've talked as well, privately realizing within the military uh, on deployments, and we'll get into more of it, but briefly understanding that a lot of soldiers on deployments, whether it's Japan, whether it's Hawaii, uh, so many places you go actually uh, within the bases that you're in have those kind of parties or events and mixers like Latin nights and realizing how much salsa especially is involved and we'll talk about how you actually got involved in it. Uh, but before we get started, man, uh, as I like to ask a lot of my guests, how have you been during this past year? Um, man, it was, it was tough, man. Um, back in, I want to say, well, yeah, February last year, 20, um, when everything hit, it's funny thing. We were actually just planning to start to move to New York. Um, like December, um, my wife, Nancy, she got a job offer and she took it and we're like, oh man, you know, we're debating, you know, cause we were in Baltimore, um, Baltimore, we had, you know, Sentimiento, we had all this stuff going on and she was leaving New York and she was like, you know, this is a big opportunity for me and, you know, then the young man is here. It's like the only reason I want to come to New York for me. In February, boom, like I think the first week of February, my wife moved up um, to stay with her mm -hmm. mom to get ready for a new job and then COVID. So it just was like, boom. So for the first 
five months, I believe, from February all the way to June, we were living apart. You know, she was up in New York. I was still, I stayed in Maryland because she didn't want me to come up because, you know, Nancy, she's, um, works at a um, hospital. So she mm-hmm. was firsthand seeing the results of everything that was happening with COVID. And she was like, Brandon, don't move up here. Don't come up here. Don't come up here. You know, things are crazy. Yeah. So yeah, that was rough. So she had my son and I was, she and her, my son was up here with her family. I was in Baltimore. It, it, it was rough. Yeah. I mean, seeing that as well, too, even on social media, realizing um, how much our families were affected. I mean, I, myself, my wife is a, a is at Mount Sinai, previously at New York Presbyterian, and realizing, especially when COVID hit, how, you know, nerve wracking it is, especially when your spouse is in the hospital field where this is hitting mm-hmm. heavy. Uh, you know, and for me, understanding just how the person feels, not just t- also talking about the success stories, but understanding we as people were human beings first before we're artists. Right. You know, and I, th- I think it's important that when we have these discussions is understanding like, you know, we love to perform. You see videos of us in practice, but at the same time, we still go through real world situations. Right. You know, yeah. and for me too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for me, as I also like to start in the beginning, always understanding, of course, we're going to talk about the success on stage, but I think it's just as important understanding the person before the arc. So kind of give us an understanding of who Brandon Bachata is before dance came into your life. Oh, man. <laughs> before dancing, man, I just was a dude from Baltimore, man. I was, you know, grew up in Baltimore, pretty much lived there my whole life. Um, by about the age of 19, you know, mm-hmm. I decided to join the military. You know, if anybody knows anything about Baltimore City, it's it's everything they say it is and much more. I'll just leave it as that. So <laughs> I was out there running around, me and my boys, whatever, you know. And then by 19, I was like, all right, man, this is crazy. I need a, I need a power move, man. I need to do something when I'm going down. So it's kind of pretty much the military, you know, just make a move, boom. So 2003, yeah, I joined mm-hmm. the military. Um, you know, worked a couple. I did. I went National Guard when I first started. I was infantry. So the infantry. Um, ten years. Um, got deployment. Like I said, been was deployed to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Went to Iraq. Um, that was pretty much it, man. And then military life and working, you know, security jobs or whatever as a reservist. That was pretty much my life. Um, and then boom, salsa hit in '08, and that was my first little taste. And then everything else, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> It's history. <laughs> Man, and it's crazy, too, that you, you talk about it, especially being in the military, uh, especially for reasons like, you know, being being younger and also realizing that within the military, it would give you opportunities, but not realizing yeah. opportunities like dance would come involved. For many of us, I'm going to be honest, as I talk to many people, when it comes to the art form of dance, especially in a lot of communities, the parental aspect of it is it doesn't make money and it doesn't help you financially. It's just something as a hobby. And, you know, most of us think like that, but as we get older, of course, our ideas change and thoughts, but, you know, as you said, in 08, everything changed and it actually changed while you were in the military. Right. And how did, so explain to us, how did that happen? So in 2008, I was, I was actually um, in Iraq and, um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, we used to uh, have like little parties, you know, like morale, mor- morale boosters, when mm-hmm. you want to say. So, um, you know, so we would throw like little one night they have like a hip hop night. Like I was telling you before, the hip hop night was in the, the chapel and it used to be some wild nights in the hip hop. <laughs> you know, and come out, you had to say a couple of lessons after you left the, hip- the chapel in the hip hop room. Yeah. Like, it was in there wild and like crazy. So. Yeah, so I used to do that, and then um, I had a friend, um, this girl named Rebecca. She knew about a salsa night that was going on the side of the side of the post, um, mm-hmm. Camp at Victory. Because I was at um station at Camp Proper doing the tiny operations mm-hmm. in the camp. Um, so yeah, so she was like, "Yeah, we got a hip uh, a salsa night. You should come." And at first, I'm like, "Man, I ain't dancing no damn salsa. I don't know about that shit." Like, I'm just going <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know about this stuff. And I was like, you know what? But then she kept telling me, she, and a lot of guys already know one of the main reasons why they first start going to Latin night is, is women. But she was like, yeah, this is all the girls said. She was like, all the girls is over here to Latin night. I was like, oh, yeah, word? I was like, bad, I'm going. Let's go. <laughs> she took me over there. And man, I remember it like like, like, like it's yesterday. Like, I get there and I just see all these people dancing. And I'm like, I'm horrible. I don't know nothing. Like, she had, she gave like one little class or two classes about the basic steps or whatever. And then we went, and I was garbage, like trash. And I'm like, I'm these people. They danced, and I'm like, like, man, this stuff look fun. But the main thing that really got my attention to it was like, you know, it was people from everywhere. Like, mind you, this mm-hmm. is a military post, and this is a deployment. But you had like the, Aus- the Aussies was there, the Australians, the French, the uh, yeah. Bulgarians. Then you had like the uh, you know civilian contractors, um, you know, working. But like everybody was there dancing, like. Black, yeah. white, all these people, everybody. I just was like, man, this is crazy. Like, I ain't never been coming from Baltimore in the hood. You ain't never going nowhere where you're going to see a, a mixture of people like that dancing, you know, mm-hmm. and just getting in and just having fun. And everybody just, you know, enjoying themselves. And I was like, oh, man, this is this kind of cool. It kind of, you know, caught my attention. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. from there, 08, I got back 09. I was stationed at um, Fort Dix, New Jersey. And they yeah. had like a little salsa, a little salsa night on Fridays on the base. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Of, of course, like, on the Air Force like, side where everything's a little nicer. Everything's yeah, you know, they ain't doing an Army side. When do I show up? So, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> on the Air Force side. And it, was, it wasn't really, nobody was really good. But when you said, Bobby, man, you, I think yeah. everybody is like the best ever. So I'm just watching everybody like, oh, man, these people are great. And there'd be like 10 people there. But yeah, from there, I just, man, I, I loved it, man. I was like, I love mm-hmm. the vibe, I love the atmosphere. Was a lot different from what I was used to growing up, so I just I just kind of naturally gravitated towards it. Absolutely. So my next question is, you know, from that from those moments, those initial moments of going to these events and kind of getting influenced there, um, where did you take your first class? Like, where did that start? And of course, like you then want to research and see where you could take the kind of a class nearby. So what was that experience like? Yeah, um, I mean, being up there, it was pretty much. I'm trying to think. I was in Jersey. I was in. I didn't really take no classes when I was in, when I was. In, I was just like going to the parties, whatever. But it was when I got back home in '09. Mm-hmm. Um, I got back to Baltimore, and um, you know, so soon I got home, I'm, I'm googling like, all right, what salsa places I can go to, man? I gotta find some spots. And there's a spot. Um, well, it's closed down now, but it was like a um. Like a big thing about it was called Latin Palace, and it mm-hmm. was downtown, um, Fells Point area. Um, so 
as soon as I found out about it, I used to start. I just automatically first night I could, I was going, I was in there, and inside there they had a um a teacher, this guy named Johnny, Dominican dude, and his mm-hmm. um this lady named Arissa. I think she's like Filipino or something. Yeah. They were teaching classes in there, and it was on one. Of course, that's, I was that was the start off. Everything was on one. I was always on one when I first started, um, and it was like I would just go there. It was ten hours for the class, so like every Friday, Saturday, I was there faithfully, paying my little ten dollars, learn my little basics, <laughs> and just like hit the salsa night. And then I start like searching, and I and it, it was weird because I I would never expect this in Baltimore. Kind of Baltimore mm-hmm. had a pretty active salsa scene. Like they mm-hmm. literally that was a salsa night every night of the week. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There was a salsa night every night. And I was like, wow, I would never even you know, yeah. imagine this coming from Baltimore City. I was like, wow. So after that, once I got I heard about that, I was like every night. Like every night. Man. So do you remember kind of the first school you attended to kind of uh kind of gain that curriculum, gain that structure in a sense? Oh man. Um First school, well, it was a guy named um, Sean Clymer um, in Baltimore City. He, he had um, a dance company called Georgia Boy Dance. Um, mm-hmm. And he was like this big ball. He was a big, big ballroom guy. Like he, yeah. he was like 30 some years. He used to teach at Arthur Murray, whatever. So he kind of opened up his own little uh, you know, dance company in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So I used to just go out, you know, dancing for fun, taking my little classes with Arissa and um, um and you know, I actually started getting pretty decent pretty fast because even before salsa, I always knew how to dance. Like hip hop, Baltimore yeah. club, we used to be out in this club, you know, getting it in. So dancing was never an issue of, you know, rhythm and movement. It was just, mm-hmm. I just didn't know the structure of this dance. So yeah. once I started, you know, getting the basics, and like, okay, this is this, this is this, boom. It was like, I started learning real fast because I'm like, once you dance, you know? So it was kind of mm-hmm. like, he would, he saw me, he kind of was like, oh man, like, like I remember when you first started, he was like, man, you learned a lot real fast. And he wanted me, which was uh, the worst choice ever to think about <laughs> now. But he wanted me to join his, you know, teacher instructor trainer program so I can start teaching at his company. Of course, the ballroom mom said is, you know, get as many people you can to teach, make as much money as you can. They don't care who you is. Like they just need to put yeah. bodies out there to teach classes, the beginner classes, whatever, to try to get money. So he pulled me in. And was like, yeah, man, you should be a teacher with me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't even dance in like a year and a half. I'll do it. <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> so he was the first guy that really kind of taught me, like, uh, that brought me in, like, the studio mindset mm-hmm. of doing classes and stuff like that. Gotcha. So before I ask about how Sentimiento started, yeah. what was those initial experiences like? As, of course, as you're getting better. Then the topic of not just a social, but a Congress comes about. Do you remember that, those initial moments of going to your first Congresses? Yeah, um, hold on a second, what the heck happened? Um, I can't remember what year, I wanna say maybe 2010 or 11, mm. um, I did my first Congress. Um, and it was, it was mainly because, um, Baltimore actually had a Congress, and I didn't even know about it. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So Baltimore had a Congress already, nothing about it. Um, it was actually ran by um, Kaya Barraza, um, mm-hmm. a friend of ours in Baltimore. She was a promoter and teacher in Baltimore. 
she actually had the Baltimore Congress. And like I said, I knew nothing about this. Um, so yeah, was, once I started getting to a scene, I think um at this time, me and Nancy, I, I met Nancy, and you know, we were friends. Um, I was I had a girlfriend at the time, I met her though. Um, and I think she might have told me about it because Nancy was already like Nancy was a dancer, dancer, like yeah, she already, you know, she started off in New York with Gamale when she first came here, like back in 06 or 07 or whatever. Mm. So she was already like she knew how to dance already. So she was telling me, like, yeah, we got this Congress. And I'm like, well, I ain't know had no clue what it was. But I went, I was like, oh man, I loved it. Like, you know, it's a big, big salsa party. Yeah. Like I said, last whole weekend, I was just going like little three hour socials or whatever like that. But the Congress was like, that was like an eye opener for me. Like, wow, like, are these people can dance dance? Like, <laughs> I mean, when you got <laughs> 20 plus shows and as a newcomer, like just watching everything and just absorbing everything, it can yeah. be a lot for people. It can be like, yeah. whoa, this is sometimes it can push people back because it what was, I mean by that is like you, when you're starting out dancing, most of the time you start in the social setting and then you maybe take some classes, but there's the two type of dancers, the ones that are going to take classes and eventually perform are those who take classes and rather just stay in the social scene. And I think that really separates a lot of dancers. So my question to you now is, how did Sentimiento Dance Company come about? All right. So, right, this goes back to the whole uh, um, teaching with the guy Sean thing. So basically, mm -hmm. I, I once I, he brought me on board, um, at this time I was single. And, you know, I knew Nancy. Me and her started working. And we started teaching together. So we naturally started teaching together, um, doing classes. So we, we thought about, you know, we came up, I want to say, with the first um, – like broken down detail, but chopped the boot camp in Baltimore. Like mm. before everything started salsa. And you know, people might teach a bachata class like at the social, but people weren't really focusing, like really, really, really teaching bachata like yeah. the same way like yeah. you salsa. So we were kind of the first ones to be like, you know, by her being Dominican, and then mm -hmm. I'm loving I love bachata already. It was kind of like, hold up, we need to make this a thing. Like everybody yeah. does salsa, salsa, salsa. So we need to Switch, switch it over, and we're going to focus on this. So we did, like, the first big bachata boot camp, whatever. We got a whole bunch of people. Um, They loved it. They loved it. And then um, it was just like, you know, we had all these people, and they took the boot camp, and we were done. And mind you, we mm -hmm. just started out. We not really know what's going on. We didn't prepare, you know, and the next phase and the next phase. We just did it. It was like, we did it. It worked. It was good. And then we just kind of <laughs> yeah. like, okay, happened. Like, like, what do we do now? And it was like, mm -hmm. we had all these people wanting to do more, and we was like, well, how about we do a performance? How about we do a show? Because yeah. we, we did a couple ones like on our own, and looking at them, they were horrible. I don't want to hope you don't find those. <laughs> but they were, they were like looking back at it, we did a couple little things, but you know, but yeah, we just kind of was like, you know what? Baltimore ain't got no performances. Like you said, we've been to congresses now. We were going to congresses mm -hmm. already. Um, I've been coming up to New York by then. Nancy already put me on with Yamule in New York, so we came mm -hmm. to New York a couple times, seeing a couple shows. Um, actually, the main thing that clicked in my head was we started dancing with on um, DC Touch in in DC. Yes. So I talked a lot of money. They, they, we was like the I think we was like the second or third team, but they had the Tampa team, New York, and then DC. So we were like mm -hmm. the third franchise team that they had. So since we were already you know hiring our bachata boot camp, and then we heard that oh man, Alan Touch got a team in DC. So we went down there and started dancing with them, and then. 
we had the boot camp, and then it was kind of like it was just kind of put two and two together. Like, well, yeah. we are performing with Island Touch team. Why don't we just do one for ourselves? Like, you know, we got these people that like yeah. the job, we got tapped into something. So why don't we just do a performance team? So that and that's just pretty much how it started. We just, you know what? Let's just do one since everybody else, you know, they would have to come to DC to do something. Mm-hmm. Let's just bring something so we can have something more and more to do it. Absolutely, because the thing is, and now this this is a term I always use on this podcast. It makes sense because now I remember you from DC Touch. Because when I saw you in 2017, honestly, when I saw you, I was like, I've seen this person before. I just can't pinpoint where. But realizing DC Touch, especially in Island Touch's uh, franchises, was one of my favorites. I mean, the, the artists, the dancers that have been on that team, I love them for sure. And now, like you said, dancing with Nancy, and I think you also understand there was a point when we knew salsa was king. Salsa was the dominant. Like you couldn't find a bachata, a bachata party at one point. Mm-hmm. You would be lucky if you got two bachata songs at a salsa social. And mm-hmm. you know, after a while, I think also DC was really big in accepting bachata. And mm-hmm. I think that was one of the hotbeds besides New York was specifically DC, seeing the amount of artists that have come out of there, but the inclusion of having Bachata with Hataka Alemana coming in, influencing, I love it. And what I also appreciate is that you didn't go the route of, oh, let me do sensual because that's kind of the what everybody's loving right now. And don't right. get me wrong, because we know in this industry, you got so many dancers of different styles. When it comes to bachata, it's usually uh, modern, traditional, and sensual. For me, I appreciate traditional and modern so much more than sensual. Don't get me wrong. Um, And for me, it's attention to detail, the way using that footwork and really kind of taking it home. And I mean, of course, like you said, Nancy, uh, being Dominican, was definitely going to show you some things as well. So a question I have is, with Sentimiento, as you're performing, of course you're performing with DC Touch, but what were those initial experiences like of traveling, performing as a group with the style of bachata being the focus, even though you know we've had salsa around? Um, I think at that time, like you say, it was it was a pretty decent time because like you say, bachata was with the touch teams and a lot of couple mm-hmm. artists were starting to come up with, you know, Bachata before as their, like, their main performances. It yeah. was kind of like we, we, we slid in, like, at the right time. Mm. We weren't, like, looking the oddballs out. Like, if we go out to do a show or something like that, like, people were aware that, oh, they're Bachata routines, they're Bachata performances. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like we were trying to, like, just revolutionize it and start it and, and, and we got yeah. all this rejection. It wasn't, like, that, that bad. Um, I think it's just, it just the beginning phases of not really knowing what you're doing. Because to be yeah. honest, like you said, I kind of got sucked in the teaching when I first started, and then mm-hmm. you know everything else was just like just natural dancing. Like you know what, let's just do this. We didn't have a, a you know a structure. How mm-hmm. the one thing I, I can't remember is you know how whether they were good or bad. You know Nancy and I when we came to, we were really musical. Like we always really paid mm-hmm. attention to, it. and that was one of the, the main things that made me stick with. You know, I'm not going to go into the sensual stuff because I love listening yeah. to the music, like the instruments yeah. and the rhythms and all that other stuff. Like that's the stuff I loved about bachata when I was still listening to it. 
So yeah, when I start getting to the modern, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even just, I couldn't get with it. Like it's just like I can't feel that music at all. Like where's the, where's the, you know, the aroma? Where's the sentimiento? You know, that's what yeah. we got today. That's exactly how we got today because almost every time you feel hear a good bachata song, whether it's Al Cheval. Uh, Anthony Nancy, don't tell her I said it, but she actually does salsa more than Machata. But <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you know what? It's, it's my her, you know, that's her, her culture. So she was mm-hmm. with it. So yeah, man, it, it was a fun experience. It was, it was definitely, definitely appreciated um, everything, you know, we were doing at the time. Absolutely. And, and something I wanted to ask you, and it definitely deals with being a dancer, but also being in the military. While I was in training, I remember, you know, we know we have a lot of time to ourselves sometimes and we think about stuff. And and for me, I came up with an idea was I realized so many artists that I knew that were in the military. I feel I felt that they appreciated doing these art forms because it was a form of structure. There was actually like, you know, within the military, we're trained to do things and we kind of take on the challenges and kind of when you're thinking about dancing, something that you're not used to doing, really right. taking on that challenge instead of kind of giving up. Do you feel like, you know, dance and the kind of military structure of having, you know, specific rules and guidelines to things, do you think do you think those correlate with one another? Yeah, I think, um, well, this is something I learned, I'm learning now by dancing with Yamule. And it's funny because um, Osmar, Mm-hmm. You know, he comes from a uh, heavy sports background. He did like baseball. He did all this yep. stuff. Um, so, and uh, he give he give a lot of speeches. You know, always giving us an earful about something. But a lot of stuff he'd be saying, and the way he say go about doing it, and he'll sometimes he'll look at me. He's like, right, and that's right. It's basically like military works. Like you know, yeah, the, the structure, how you gotta have things set up. You know, and yeah. it's just like this whole thing. And he run it like he's a freaking general. Osmar is the general. He's the boss. Yes, so exactly. the way he, he talk about this stuff, and he'll like, he like, ain't that right? That what, come the way to train. And, you know, in the army, we always say train as you fight. You know, if you're going to train this way, this is the way you're going to, you know, fight. When you do training, you're going to train the same way. And he said mm-hmm. the same thing. So he was like, if you're going to perform, you're going to practice the way you perform. What well, you can't do it different. And I'm like, and he'll look at me and be like, right? Ain't this how the army do? And I'm like, <laughs> that's not how the army do. You. Like, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. So absolutely, it's kinda, that structure it, it helps because once you you know whether it's you know how you want to train your team, mm-hmm. you know how you want to uh, put together your choreography, you yeah. know you can have that structure and mindset to say, okay, we're gonna do X, Y, Z. You know, it helps mm-hmm. with your planning process because you know in the military we always gotta have a plan, and then yes. you gotta have a plan A, B, C for the plan. Yes. For the, for the plan, for the plan. <laughs> so. It's like all that stuff that you do when you're creating and you're trying to put put, put out a product or something, mm-hmm. you take all that experience and just like boom, 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 and line up that way. And people just say like, man, Brandon's the drill star in the practice because you like, you know, you get in them, but at the same time, it's like, you know, 
<laughs> it's the reason why it happened this way because I want something done specifically. So you kind of take all those nuggets and you apply it to everything you do. Yeah. I mean, and I think what helps in the military form and fashion is the way we're trained to listen to our higher ups. It also helps correlate when we're in a dance company that someone yeah. owns and a person like Osmal, when you you understand that sometimes the tone is different, but the message you completely get, you can see yeah. it through it because I love about Osmal is that he's emotional about his, what, what he's passionate about. For so many mm -hmm. years he's done this and how many dancers have come in and out of Yamule and realizing, like I tell everybody, it's an institution. And for me, it, it, it's almost like a college. It, it allows you to come in that freshman year and gain all that knowledge. And it's really up to you how many, and I, and I put it in a college sense of the, the days you go into rehearsal are like college credits. How many credits do you want in order to get to where you go? Meaning is, you know, talking to a lot of Yamule artists over the years, their dedication of saying, hey, I might have a work life, but my life is Yamule. I go to mm -hmm. practice four or five times a week because I want to be great. And that's something I really appreciate. So now it helps us transition into uh, you now taking your talents all the way from the Baltimore area and taking it all the way to New York City. And it was interesting because early in our conversation, you brought up Yamule being one of those first groups you saw and mm -hmm. it coming full circle. And I'm loving the plug right now. I'm loving the white right now, the Yamule. And, you know, realizing anyone, and I, and I tell a lot of people how much history Yamule has. And for anyone that's danced for Yamule, been a part of Yamule in any form of fashion, I give it up to everyone because, again, they create beasts. They create instructors. They create, in my sense, legendary dancers. And for me, I tell everyone that goes there or trains there who wants to train there, just make sure you're ready because this isn't you know, just for play. You're going to learn, but there's going to be a point where you're going to have to decide, hey, I'm going to keep training or I might just take one class here or there, but you're going to learn. That's something I, I could definitely say. Uh, so my, my question to you, Brandon, is coming, of, of course, from Baltimore now to New York City and training, what were those moments like for you? Was it kind of a culture shock or was it easy to adjust to? Well, man, it was it, it made me feel like my first day back in like 2011 when I first went to Yamale and I just was like, I just is a very humbling experience. Mm -hmm. Let's just start there. Like coming from small town Baltimore, like you know, you can be your average intermediate level dancer in Baltimore. You you feel like you're advanced because I don't mean to talk bad about it. Seems there just aren't a lot of really really like advanced level dancers in Baltimore City. Yeah, it's a nice it's a nice scene. You know, they got some good instructors, but overall, it is it, not you know everybody's favorite destination <laughs> to go to when yeah. to go dance. <laughs> put a hardcore, put a hardcore dancer, should I say? So mm -hmm. coming up here the first time, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm good, you know. I'm killing it. And I'm a teacher in Baltimore. And, man, the first couple of classes, I, I, I literally just, I think the first class, I really did half of it and just sat I was like, I can't keep up. Like, they just move way too fast, and things are happening a 1,000 miles an hour coming to my head. Yeah. And when I came back from, came up here from Baltimore, and I've already been dancing, training with Yamale for years. I've been going to, coming up, taking privates, classes. 
but because of COVID, I haven't, I didn't dance for like, like six months, six or seven months. Mm -hmm. And when I told Osmo I was coming up, he was like, yeah, come on, come on, come to the studio. And this was like, so last time I probably danced was like February. So February, mm -hmm. March, April. So this is about five months. So July, I come in and we got practice. And he's just like, you know, let me show you something. You'll pull up to the side, you know, we're working on a routine. Mm -hmm. um, I'm dancing with Bahari at the time. Mm -hmm. As soon as I came in, he's like, yeah, you go to Bahari. Like, I already seen you dance. You've been yeah. training with me for a while. So I know you can keep up. He's like, go to Bahari. So I goes in and the guy, Lucas, he's showing me. We were um, working on Ritmo. <laughs> he showed, probably showed me like three times. He's like, music, go. And I'm like, yeah. whoa. Like, bro. <laughs> I'm like, you just showed it to me like twice. And I'm like, I got, I got to do it with music. I'm coming from Baltimore where people were. <laughs> bro, it was like, I, I see you, Mike. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty much like, you know, Baltimore people would ask you questions. You know, you would yeah. do it slow four or five times. You know, you were, we were kind of catered. You would cater to the people mm -hmm. because they were in advance. But here, it yeah. was like, one, two times, you got it, go. And you're like, I'm just like, oh, bro. In my first couple of practices, I felt garbage. Like, I felt like day one, back when I was in Iraq to that first salsa party, mm -hmm. I went to, and I just was like, I don't understand what the hell is going on because everybody <laughs> was already practicing. Everybody was working with the company for years already. Mm -hmm. I'm the only new guy, like, just walking in. So everybody else is just like, Boom, 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 boom. They just rolling. I'm just like, yeah, bro, this is like, but that was like you say, that was another humbling experience. It's mm -hmm. okay. Now I got to dig deep. I got to get back to, you know, my old self and, and I'm, I'm starting from scratch again. I'm in a different scene, you know, dancing for years or months. So I was like, I got to start over. I got to get, get this back in my head, get, get back in that, that training mode. And it, it took me, I ain't going to lie, man. It took me about, because I can't lie, but then I had to actually a left. So I came at the mm -hmm. end of July and then I left. I had to go to AT. So yeah. I was gone all of August. So mm -hmm. I just got back, left for AT in August, and then I came back again in September. And once again, it was like, okay, now I'm learning back over again because I just started yep. for like two weeks. And then I took off a month. So then it probably took me from September to about November for me to really start to, okay, I'm back in my groove. And I'm picking things up at the pace that they're spitting yeah. out. <laughs> Things are coming fast, and I'm just like, whoa, whoa, shines, they just go, 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 go. Like you say, I, once I started to feel comfortable, then I left for two months because I went on a mission to Fort Hood. Yeah. And then I came back again. <laughs> it was like, here we go again. I gotta hey, I just got to say, I got to say, thank God you're back from Fort Hood because yeah, <laughs> Fort, has been, Fort has been crazy. So I, Fort I Hood, definitely that, that's a whole other experience when I was there. I was really <laughs> calling my wife fussing because the leadership out there is horrible. And I'm 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 staff sergeant, so I'm out there. I'm fussing at E7s. I'm fussing at captains because they the leadership there is horrible, horrible. So that's one of that's story. crazy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we I understand, but we also see it on TV. Uh, and, and realizing too, like what I appreciate about a lot of military members that are in dance companies is understanding you have to juggle your personal life, your military life, and your dance life schedule. And like you said. Coming in and literally having to leave for a whole month, maybe or a few weeks, and you're coming back to a situation that it's really high speed all the time. That term we always use, high speed. And you know, for me, I actually went through a similar experience at Yamule years ago when I was filming. Um, I remember taking a class with Osman, and you know, man, I've been dancing quite a while. Um, and Osman knew me, and I remember I was filming. He said, 
in Spanish and I knew it, put the camera down, you need to take this class right now. I'm taking the class and he's just looking straight at me the whole time. And I'm like, <laughs> there's like, there's like 20 other people. And I'm like, and he's, and the whole time he's fixated from the shines to the part in work, he'll do it. He looks at me, he says, you got it? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm like, but I love that challenge. And, you know, a person like himself that I have known for so many years and truly is a legend. Truly, like for me, is such a humbling individual because with a, a company with such prestige, uh, with so many dancers that have come in and out, um, for me, Osmal is a one-of-a-kind person. I mean, mm -hmm. like you said, he can be tough because he demands excellence from his, his teammates. Because again, it's not just one couple. It's a group. It's a collective. Everybody has to be in unison. And you're realizing mm -hmm. what I appreciate is that with Osman, he has those words, like you said, of you have to practice like you're going to perform. Because too many teams I've seen over the years, and I'm completely honest here, the hardest thing I've seen over the years is the oversaturation of groups, especially in New York, that really don't give a show. Mm -hmm. And that's something that hurts seeing because you have a responsibility on that stage. But like yourself, also representing a company like Yamule. Like you said, you coming in and being in Bahari, and people don't know, Bahari is a semi-pro, but it's just like the pro. Bro, <laughs> God, when I first, everybody, this is before I even came, I used to watch their shows and was like, which team is this? Because yeah. the turn patterns, pretty much, the biggest difference for me from what I see right now between Bahari and pro is tricks. Yes. The speed, the turn patterns, the, you know, the, the vibe, everything is pretty much the same. It just Yamale Pro, they, they did all the stuff is a little bit faster, the turn patterns. But once you mm -hmm. can do Bahari turn patterns, you can do Pro. You just got to do them a little faster. And then it's the tricks. The tricks come at 1,000 miles an hour right at your face, right <laughs> in the middle of a turn pattern out of nowhere. You just got to be ready to go. Yeah. And that's, like, the biggest adjustment, I would say, like, if I, if I was to, like, practice with Pro. I'll do something dumb is you see you see that like but everything else like I want to say almost all the Bahari dancers are on protein almost yeah, absolutely. So, like so like it's really they're the same people that's dancing pro more than half of them are dancing Bahari too so it's like yeah <laughs> absolutely I mean from people that I've talked to in Yamalaya as well who are in the pro I, I remember even asking questions like oh how many performances do you have like oh I'm doing Bahari and and pro and it's mm -hmm. like, ah, the, the attention to detail, because realizing uh, what I truly love about Yamule is how they're able to fit everything within a time, meaning that you can fit in the um, footwork sections, the partner work sections, the trick sections, but also just the fluidity and creativity, and they make it look effortless. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's very hard to do. And that's something also many people try to imitate, but they can't. I mean, right. over the years, you've seen Yamule's influence in many groups, but also realizing the work that it entails. And again, this comment that Mike said, yes, that Omas, that Osmas there is crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> but he gives you that look and he just like. <laughs> Bro, listen, I can feel his stare when my back is towards him. I can like feel if he's looking, if I'm doing something, I can feel him like staring through my back. 
Like, I don't even want to turn around because I'm like, I know he's looking at me right now. <laughs> he's just like, I'm just keep doing what I'm doing. I know he's looking at me. Because you turn around, he's going to look right in your face and just give you that look. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> like, I know. It's but, true. Yeah. And so now my last question before we get to the section that I have called the randoms is, you know, with you being in Yamule and especially in Bahari and, you know, sooner or later, you're going to be definitely hitting pro, in my opinion. For me, a question is, what do you feel is your future within the dance, within dance in general? Like, do you, how long, how long would you like to keep dancing? And do you kind of have that five-year plan in your mind? Um, wow. Um, how long I would want to keep dancing? Basically, uh, as long as my body can move, you know, I would, mm. I would, I'm like freaking Eddie Torres. I'll be 78 years old out there. <laughs> you know, at the Congress, whatever. Um, if I can move, I'm willing to go. Um, as far as five-year plan, we'll see how that goes because I got a couple big events coming up. Um, mainly, mm. um, my wife, Nancy, um, we have a baby girl that's due in two months um, in July. So, you know, once the baby come, got yeah. the lockdown for, for a bit. <laughs> Um, that's gonna basically put a, uh, a pause for a little while, and then um, next year, 2022, I'm mm. slated to deploy to Iraq again, so that's gonna be a year. Um, that I'm gonna be gone. Um, I think I leave in May 22, and I come back. Um, I'm thinking March time frame, yeah, um, 23. So, um, you know, I, 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 I won't stop dancing while I'm overseas. I already know what they got salsa stuff going on over there, so. Yeah, I'm definitely try to keep it up. Um, you know, if I got to do some Zoom classes, you know, <laughs> if it's three o'clock in the morning, Iraq time, and you know they they here in New York doing classes, I'll be up doing some classes. Uh, Man, trying to stay sharp. Um, but um, yeah, that's about it. Then after that, you know, we'll just see where things are. My, I definitely would like to try to get back into the company. Um, I'm pretty sure also I have no problem welcoming me back. Um, and then we'll just see if we can go for that. I know I'm gonna have two kids. I got got a two year old now. I'm had a little baby. Um, you know, still got my law enforcement job. You know, I, I got like I like five five things going on in my life. And then then is dance, but it's like you know, I love it that much. And crazy work schedules, but I, I fit it in, you know, because it's a passion. Like I said, it was an opportunity that I could not pass. Um, being able to come here in New York, so you know, whenever I settle all the settles and I'm back. Back in my flow, I'm definitely planning on getting back into it. So it's a matter of how soon, when that's going to happen, probably after March 23. But yeah, from there, I'm, I plan on just trying to dive back in as much as I can. Absolutely. I mean, and again, before we transition to our last segment, I want to thank you for your service. Yeah, man, you too, man. You too, definitely, definitely. I appreciate it. I was once it. almost now- sorry, man. I was almost I know- <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you're a few miles away, but I still feel the presence here. And, you know, for me, I'll tell you this, like I've told many people and I've told you as well, um, even when I, I know I see you, I'll still have that drill sergeant focus in my mind. I mean, no matter what, you're a dancer, but <laughs> to the army, you're my drill sergeant. So I definitely uh, appreciate you. And now it helps us transition to our last segment called the randoms, which is about 10 questions that allows myself and the audience to get to know you a little bit better. So, Brandon, all I need to know is when you are ready. 
Let's go. Move All right. This one, I'm going to change it up. What is your favorite? And this is a military question. What is your favorite MRE? Oh, man. They don't um, make them no more. My favorite one that I used to love back basically was beef teriyaki. Um, mm. it, was, it was pretty, pretty good. Um, for now, I want to say my favorite one is probably like cheese tortellini. Yes, I've had cheese tortellini. I've, I've, I've traded a few of those during my time. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, next question is, if you were at an event right now and you could dance with one follow, who would it be? But disclaimer, it can't be Nancy. It has okay. to be someone totally just that one dancer that you have one dancer. <laughs> no, that's, that's, easy. that's easy. Um, probably my my favorite followers to dance with is is Melanie Mercedes. Oh yes, yes, definitely. yeah. She's one of my favorite followers. Man, we have I mean, really, we have some really good dances but together. I probably got like one or two. One of them, I think, mm -hmm. got one video recorded with her, but we've had some really good dances. Like, <sighs> definitely, big shout out to Melanie Mercedes, as long, as well as her partner Andrew Avila. Yeah. All right, next question is: What is your dream vacation destination? Man, um, I want to do like a Euro trip, like mm. you know, go get up Rome, yeah, uh, Spain, you know, Italy. Uh, France, you know, just just bounce around um, Europe, hit like maybe seven countries in like two weeks, and just mm -hmm. just have a good time. That's like my dream trip. Okay, I've awesome. never been to Europe outside of like military stopping in Germany in Ireland on my way to Kuwait. Man, I mean, I, I just, all I'm gonna say, I mean, your deployment is gonna be. Uh, you're gonna get paid very swell. <laughs> so <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you talking about all of those bases? Yeah, that many, many. <laughs> so exactly. I, I definitely would absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next question is what is something that you want to see change within the dance community when things really are kind of back to normal? Something I want to see change. And this is this is the the the, the hardcore bachatero in me, um, is that people come to terms that you know bachata is bachata, like yes. Let's just start, you know, and they, and they but, oh it's the evolution thing and all this other stuff. I say okay, I can show you how bachata evolved, like bachata, but just bachata has already evolved from mm -hmm. when it was a form of bolero to what it is now. It's like, you know, accept it, you know, that all these sensual stuff, it's, it's just marketing and just, mm -hmm. you know, accept bachata for what it is. And anything else you want to create after that, feel free to do it. But just leave my baby alone. Leave bachata alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love the honesty and transparency. Number yeah. five is a also another military question. What is a funny a quick funny story as a drill sergeant. Oh man, I don't know if I can say some of this. But some of the stuff we did was, you know, we, IG well, commander find out. Um, no, I can tell you. Well, well, all right. This, this is this is not so bad. Um, 
one of the craziest things I did. Well, yeah. So we had um, you know, when you had CQ Fireguard, right? Yes. So oh, God. God. Yeah. So I had CQ. I was the, I was the drill sergeant on CQ. So you know when the commander or you know somebody from the battalion they do their sweeps, you yes. that might be like an officer or whatever. Yep. They got to yeah. the check on mm -hmm. to see what's going on. They might ask you questions to see if you know what's going on, whatever. So a lieutenant came around. He went up to the bay, um, and he asked um the soldiers, you know, it was a soldier on fire guard. So he was like, hey, you know, who's your chain of command? You know, start with your drill sergeant. Oh Always man, your damn. And mind you, we in we in blue phase. This not this not even white red phase. We in blue phase. So they already been there a few yeah. weeks. You know what I'm saying? And the kid was like, uh, I don't, uh, I don't know. Like he didn't know. So then. <laughs> And I'm looking like, I'm looking at this kid like, you've been here how many weeks? Like seven, eight weeks? And you don't know who your first sergeant is? You don't know who your company commander is? I'm like, what the hell? I said, okay, bet. Watch this. So this like, it's probably like one o'clock in the morning. I goes down, you know, I hit the intercom. I say, fire guard, wake everybody up. Come downstairs right now. So he woke the whole bay up. Everybody come downstairs. And I said, all right, I'm going to give y'all, I'm going to give y'all two, two chances. No, one chance. If you get it wrong, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna feel it. So this is y'all gonna do. So I will go around and say, hey, I would name three, you know, three members of the chain of command. You know, who, who are these people? Mm -hmm. Once they say they don't know, I say, you know what? Single file. The chain of command is, you know, in the company area. They got the pictures up on the wall. Yes. Right there. Yes. Uh, in the company area. Yeah. So I would do a single file. Have each of them walk past the chain of command, look at it, and then go upstairs. Every hour on the hour, I will everybody up. And made him come downstairs. Oh, and I would ask him, who's in your oh, chain of command? And see one person get an answer wrong, go upstairs, go, walk past the wall, oh, go upstairs. Man. I see you next hour. And from one to like five in the morning, I made him come down every hour and hour. And all they did was just go down and walk past the wall, look at the wall, and go back upstairs. <laughs> oh my God. And this was at Fort Jackson. <clears throat> at Fort Jackson, yeah. I was at Fort oh Jackson. my God. Wait, and what, what do you remember your unit? I was at 113. Oh God, I know 113. I was in 360 and Bravo. Yeah, oh yeah. my God. So uh, yeah, I mean they had to come downstairs, just walk past the chain of command, look at the wall, and go back upstairs and go to bed. And you see him, but like, can't teach you. You're probably the picture. Oh, I mean, and I, I gotta I gotta I gotta give a quick story. I remember I was in my unit, you know, you got your platoons. Uh, everybody kind of is supposed to be a part of the same team, but you got your platoons, one that's stronger than the other. Mm -hmm. And of course, my platoon was the ones that just wanted to get things over with. We didn't want no fit to wins. We just needed to get through <laughs> these eight weeks. And our drill sergeant just knew that. And we always got in trouble for someone else just, you know, even mouthing off or just not knowing chain of command and just doing stupid stuff. And I remember one day we, we didn't get in trouble. Like it had everybody come downstairs and you know, when you don't have your bed, uh, hospital corners, you don't have, really? yeah, we know that. Um, uh, I remember, uh, yes. <laughs> and I remember the, the uh, first platoon, which was the stronger one, they had some really tough drill sergeants. And I, in my opinion, the female drill sergeants scare me a whole lot more <laughs> than the male ones. And I remember she made the other platoon because of one person didn't do it. She made them bring their beds downstairs, mm -hmm. unfold everything, and do it there, take it off, bring it back upstairs. 
And I remember all I could hear was the other drill sergeant tell the other one while they were going up, bring the ice chest because I'm going to make the walls sweat. And I was like, (laughs) when he said that, I like, my knees almost buckled and I wasn't even getting in trouble. (laughs) But like, I tell you this, man, like that training, uh, I know what it feels like being woken up every hour when you got to wake up at 4.30 to be ready for PT Mm -hmm. and you didn't get no sleep because someone else messed it up for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I love the flashback. Yeah. So Those guys, right. man, yeah. <laughs> it was it was an interesting time. And mm-hmm. from a drill sergeant to a trainee, you know, I appreciate you. And I kind of wish I was there when you were there just to have that experience of, you know, what you would do, because dr- drill sergeants are different nowadays. And, you know, yeah. I definitely hope for things to get better. So now my next question is, are you more of a footwork or a partner work type of person? Man, um, I would say I, I love both. Um, when it comes to training, um, I'm really big on footwork when it comes to training. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and that's one of the things like I always kept teaching. This is like, it, it was it was so hard being in Baltimore is I would do shine, I would do drill people with shines to like mm-hmm. shine. But you know they look at stuff and all they see is you know the spinning in in the, in the yeah. part. Like, oh, I'm gonna learn it. I wanna when we gonna yeah. learn it. When we do part work. And I'm like, look, you can't even do a Susie Q right. So your stepping is horrible. So you can't even transition to do some of the part work moves the way you mm-hmm. have to maneuver around with your stepping to execute that. Somebody, so your stepping, your footwork is solid. Like, why are you worrying about all this crazy part work when you can barely move your feet? Like, so that was like my biggest thing. Um, Me personally, I love partner work. I love yeah. the challenge. I love shines too. But especially, man, I know you've been to an old smart class on Wednesday. He has his, um, his challenge class. That is yeah. my highlight of the week because he does some of the craziest stuff. But it, it's, it's really a challenge for you to, to see like where yeah. your fundamentals is as far as leading. Mm-hmm. And you know, feet, like everything in your footwork is like his Wednesday challenge class is like a combination of everything you need to know to become a good dancer. Just in like one, mm-hmm. like 12 eight counts he'll do a partner work. Just that one segment, it'll tell you where all your faults, where all your, yeah. well, you know, all your preliminaries are just doing that one piece of part, um, partner work. So I love partner work when, it, um, when I'm training and dancing, but overall, I, I think footwork is like always the key for everything. So I'm always big on footwork first. All right, perfect. So next question is, if you could be at one dance event right now, what would that be? Um, dang. I want to go to one of the, uh, it's one I've never been to, but I've seen like mm-hmm. you know, Land. Yeah. I, I've never, I've never been to one, but I've heard all the best of the best about it in Right, you know, when I was gearing up, just you know, trying to start getting ready to go to one, then COVID mm-hmm. and all this stuff happened. So, um, as a as a salsa dancer, I would love to go mm-hmm. to Marvel Land. But as a bachatero, I would love to go to um, what is it? Uh, the one in DR. Um, bachata Last art is like Last Night Adams. Yeah, yeah, that that event. Yes, that event. Oh man, I would I, love I, to go there. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Awesome. All right. Next question is, 
Out of Yamule, who is one of your like favorite dancers that when you come in the studio and you see oh, them man, dancing, you... Razove. Yes, Razove, yeah. Razove. <laughs> that guy, like my whole, I want to say, I want to say, I, I crafted my my uh, style after him, but out of all the dances I saw, his style I gravitated mm -hmm. towards the most, and, and, it's, and it's, it's crazy because everybody think like, oh. You pick out your favorite dancer, you know, they gotta look like you know Frankie yeah. or you know, or they gotta look like um Franklin Diaz or they gotta be this crazy Eddie Torres. I'm like, no, the thing about Razovi that made me just like wow man, is this guy was so smooth, so relaxed, and so chill that yeah. he made the hardest crap look like he was just like a walk in the park, like like he was almost yawning, sleeping, born. That's how just how easy and smooth he made it look, and he just mm -hmm. was so chill. Had the movements, you could see he could dance, but he wasn't the extra. Uh, yeah. he just was real calm, real smooth, real relaxed. And it was like his footwork was clean, his leading was clean, his partner, everything was like, I was like, wow. That stood up to me more than any other dancer that's, you know, they are extra with the body movement. I'm like, no, nah, that guy right there, he's just, he just, just clean, just smooth and clean. That was it. And I was like, that's my guy right there. And big shout out to Rasove. I, I definitely agree with you from top to bottom. Again, um, to make the choreography that Yamule has had over the years with different routines and how complex and intricate they are, but having an artist like that that makes it just look effortless and flawless and smooth, like I'm just doing a regular pattern. That's yeah. a gift. Yeah, I mean, cross my knee, inside turn, right turn, back break. Crossbody, like that's how like, yeah. he, just, like he just was just moving right on through it. Like, it's like, yeah, nah, I'm like, nah, <laughs> that guy's good. Okay, good. All right, next question is What is a really big don't with you in terms of if someone is dancing with you at an event, at a social? What is a big turnoff for you when you're dancing with someone? Um, a uh, for me, a follower that tries to hijack my lead, mm. like that. Um, I'm all about, you know, I, I'm, I'm not one of these guys that's going to do grab you and do five minutes of just nonstop partner work. Yeah. And just try to put you through the ringer. But I'm like, I have people like I'm trying to do, you know, even something simple, but they're more worried about how they look and their styling. And they're trying to, mm -hmm. you know, they think cameras rolling. So they're trying to do all this extra stuff. I'm in the middle about to lead a turn. They break away from it and they want to hit with the hair around all this crazy stuff. I'll be like, okay. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to, if you want to do that, fine. We can do shines all day. And yeah. I clear up. I mean, if you start doing it, then they look lost because now they can't do shines by themselves. But in the partner work, they all about the head whipping and the, the arms falling and like I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like, calm down. Like I'm not even all that crazy. I'm like, I don't even try to lead crazy, crazy partner work. So I'm like. You got plenty of moments in this dance to do your styling. Don't try to hijack every moment <laughs> because you just you want to feel like you know all eyes are on you right now. So you're gonna take over the moment. Like, yeah, hey hijackers. Absolutely. Next or second but second to last question is what is a special talent that you have that many people wouldn't know? Oh special talent, man. I would say I did gymnastics that I can do like I can flip. Like I, I can do, um, okay. yeah. And actually, this is funny. I did it. 
I did a flip the other. This is probably like a, I want to say like a month and a half. Yamule. Um, I was just like joking around. I said I can do it. You know, I'm I'm a bit heavier than I was before. You know, COVID gave me a good twenty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so everybody looking at me like, no, nah, Brandon can't do it. So I did like a round off somersault with no hands. And everybody was like, whoa. And I was like, yeah, but I'm, I'm gonna be hurting for like the next three weeks. Yeah, I still got some. I did gymnastics when I was um mm -hmm. younger. Um, yeah. like I want to say maybe fourth grade. So I still mm -hmm. got some of that in me. And also that I was um I was a state champion in track and field in high school. Mm. So I don't people know I was like, you know, I was I was fast. I was like a real fast runner in high school. <laughs> I mean, and you're able to just pick up things quickly. So, I mean, you always got that in you. No matter no matter how many years you go, you know, you, you definitely have those skills in you. Uh, uh, maybe he is down the line. Maybe Osmala may have you do a trick and have you flip maybe one time. Yeah, I'm done. That's it, man. I was hurting for like a week. <laughs> I pull, you know, you, the body, you do somersault. You, 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 you pull muscles and you, mm -hmm. you move them. You use certain muscles a certain way that you, I ain't used in years. Like I said, I made it. But boy, I was like a whole next week. I was like my legs, my back. I was like, nah. <laughs> it's it's not it. <laughs> yeah, I ain't it. <laughs> it's in me, but my body yeah. is not it don't, it don't react the same way no more. So gotcha. All right. Last question, and this is really interesting. I, I love as well watching your videos, especially with your son. He's dancing. My question now is, is little Brandon gonna be a Yamo dancer when he gets older? We already got it set up, bro. He Yamu babies, Yamu babies, man. <laughs> they, they started back up, man. He's he's already a dancer already. Uh, yeah. I posted a video a while ago of him already, you know, wanting to dance the salsa basic. Mm -hmm. You know, we put bachata on. He's baila, baila. He comes out, yeah, so stand up like this. He starts dancing. So he is, you know, I'm a dancer. His mom's a dancer. He ain't gonna have a choice. This is going to be him. And you know, it's, 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 not, even, it's not even for. You know, personal um, desire for him is just you yeah. learn a lot. You know, being as a you know on a dance team, they, life lessons are working with people and you know and all that stuff. We, we want him to get that at an early age. You know, as well as sports, I'm definitely going to put him in sports. But dancing, I definitely want him to have the experiences, especially while we're here in New York. Like you're not going to get it nowhere better. So might as well take advantage while he's young to get it as soon as possible. Absolutely, man. And Brandon, I really want to thank you for doing this segment. I love doing it at the end because it helps us get a little more information and understand you a lot better. And now we're transitioning to our conclusion of our talk tonight. And honestly, from start to finish, really, um, I've really enjoyed everything. Just understanding kind of your life uh, before dance, how dance became a part of your life, and how mm -hmm. dance has changed your life. Um, and seeing that you're still going. Yeah. And that you're still going and pushing. And, and I really appreciate that we have a person who is in the armed forces and is able to serve uh, his community, able to serve the people, but also able to serve as a performer and give us some amazing shows. Uh, and for me, honestly, it's it's been a pleasure. But before we do go, I would love uh, if you had any last few words for myself in the audience. Uh, and also contact info, maybe how people can reach you, but also maybe seeing uh, what's maybe new in store for you. But also at the end of the interview, after we finish, 
I'll definitely be playing the Yamole video, the recent one from Bahati that, you, that you've actually performed at, I think a little bit over a month ago. Uh, but for everyone again, uh, I thank everyone for tuning in. But yes, before we go, if you had any last few words for myself oh. and the audience. No, um, first, thank you um, for reaching out, man. Um, you know, I feel honored, you know, that you wanted to include me um, on this segment. <clears throat> um, for everybody else, man, just uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all of you happy faces. You know, get vaccinated. The faster y'all get vaccinated, yes. the quicker you know, we all can get through this, this, this thing. I know some people got your personal beliefs, whatever, whatever. A lot of these <laughs> socials like, I see popping up now, they already yeah. saying, you know, we ain't letting nobody in unless you, you got a COVID vaccine. Well, you got a yeah. negative test in three days. So, you know, Congress is starting to open back up. Um, I just seen two in D.C. area, two people in their monthly, uh, weekly socials back up um, starting in May and June. So things are starting to come around. So, you know, do your part so we can get out there dancing. Um, that's all I got to say. And uh, as far as me, you know, Facebook, Bachata, Instagram, Brandon Bachata um, is pretty much where I'm at um, doing my thing. Um, come check us out, Yamule. Hope I get you know, keep pushing, get my pro performance, hopefully one day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, man. And I thank you, Brandon. Of course, I thank everyone that's tuned in and definitely enjoy this nice little treat. Everyone stay safe and we will see you this Sunday for another episode of the Live Discussions with Diamond Podcast. I am Diamond here with the amazing Brandon Bachata, currently from Yamule. Check out this latest video from Bahari the Yamule. Peace. Nuestra diferente miembro de Bahari, porque tenemos unos cuantos miembros, entonces queremos que todo el mundo participe. Una bienvenida a Bahari una vez más. Yeah, boy.